Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Wednesday. It's a great day to be alive in Christ. I'm George Watkins, and we are pleased again <clears throat> to be here in this morning session, as we are every morning, by the grace of God. And we're going to talk about the good things of God. There's a lot of things to talk about. <clears throat> we could get into politics. We could get into, into the economics of life. We could get into the strategies of marital relationships. <laughs> on and on and on. All kinds of subjects. However, I like to talk about God and his stuff, which, by the way, includes all of these other things. Because once we get the foundation of our connection with the Father and understand why and how he's made us, how he's made us and why he's made us the way we are, when we get that solid and functioning, all these other things begin to fit, they begin to flow. For instance, in a marriage relationship, if when you come together as a, as a young couple, well, maybe maybe no matter what age you are, but especially in the younger years when you, I'm talking about a man now, is still developing as a man. Half the time, if we get married in our early 20s or mid-20s, half the time we're still thinking like we're 15 or 17, wanting to run the streets in our hot rod, and then we wonder why the little woman gets upset because we're out hanging out. Out hang, hanging out with the boys. Okay, you get it? So when we get the revelation of what God has done in our life and why he's done it in our life, it affects that. We mature, we grow up, we understand responsibility. We understand what love means. For instance, God's given us a love that we love others with. We can't love with our own love. We can't love with just emotional love. You know, the passions or the, or the feelings we have, they're there. We enjoy them. But really, true love comes from God. So we go back and we, can, we re review or investigate what agape love means. And Paul brings it out in the, uh, in the book of um, Corinthians when he's talking about, or Ephesians, they're talking about the love we have one for another as a man and a wife. And he goes on to say, it never fades out, never counts suffered wrong, never takes track of all the things you've said and done. I'm just loving you. As we develop in the Lord and, his, and the understanding we have of who the Father is and who we are to him, we understand that that's the kind of love that we love with. So be that as it may, I love you. <laughs> well, you say, you don't know much about me. How can you love me? Well, take it as it comes. Whatever happens, if the love of the Father flows out of our hearts, according to Romans, the eighth chapter, nothing that we do turns God's head away from us. Nothing, both present, past, present, and future. Heights or depths. Any such thing, the King James says, can is able to separate us from the love of God. So how's that for a strong marriage between a man and a woman? That kind of love. That's something? Okay. Well, today 
we're talking about angels, one of my favorite subjects. And I declared in the notes below that I love angels. Now, why do I love angels? Because God loves, loves angels and he created them. So in, in a, uh, in, I know this sounds strange to some ears, but because of that, we are in the same family because we have been created by the same father. Isn't that amazing? You and I as humans have been created by the same creator that created the angelic host. Wow. So I love angels because angels are God's um, guardian, messengers, friend, ambassadors, all those things God created for them. Matter of fact, around the throne of God, there's an estimated hundred 100 million angels that are surrounding the throne of God. So I, I love angels. However, <clears throat> an interesting thought. I put it in the in the uh, caption of this of this uh, morning broadcast. The University of Angels. And you and I are the professors in that university teaching the angels about the grace of God. Let's just think about it. Here are the angels that God has created. And along comes mankind. Now, man then becomes a created uh, being in the image of God. Doesn't say the angels were created in the image of God. So here we have a creation that is higher than the angels in the strata of uh, pecking order. And that's in that sense. So they're, they're looking and they're wondering what this is. The scriptures Say what? What is man that thou has created him? You know who are who? Who's this man that's all of a sudden come in to the to the holy you know the holy trinity here? Who are you? Well, lo and behold, man rebels and goes away and breaks the covenants. So the angels are looking at that and saying, "Aha, aha! I thought so. I mean, I was wondering what was going to happen here." Okay. Then along comes the cross and the resurrection, and grace is applied to you and I. Wow! The angels, big-eyed and one, they're wondering. It's a mystery. They did. They, they they can't figure out what kind of grace that God would have to bring back the rebels, and take those that those rebellious imagers. I love that word. We are in the image of God. That walked away. He brought them back and put them at the at the top tier, among the top tier of authority in the kingdom of God. Now I say that because we are seated in heavenly places. Now that seated in heavenly places is at a table of counsel, a table of command, a place where the group gathers and makes decisions. That's what it means, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why? Because we are there to set the pace, make the changes, and speak the direction of God's will on earth. That's you and I. But here, here we are now. Here's the University of Angels. They're studying in our university, and we are the professors. We're showing forth what grace is and how it works. Isn't that something? Now, let's go to the book of Ephesians again. Told you we we're going to be there a little bit this week. Let's go to the book of Ephesians, third chapter, 
Passion Bible, pick it up in the fifth verse. Well, let's go to the first verse. Beloved friends, because of my love for Jesus Christ, I am now his prisoner with his, for the sake of all of you who are not Jews, so that you will hear the gospel that God has entrusted to me to share with you for, now listen to this, third verse, for this wonderful mystery. Now here's the mystery. The angels, it's a mystery to the angels. This wonderful mystery, which I briefly described, was given to me by divine revelation. <laughs> I love those terms. So that whenever you read it, you will be able to understand my revelation and insight into the secret mystery of the Messiah. Now, remember, it was hid from generations and generations, but is now revealed to us. That's the King James. Now, here it is in the Passion. There has never been a generation that has been given the detailed understanding of this glorious divine mystery until now. You and I are in that generation that is revealed to. Before the cross and the resurrection, no one had the clue except some of the prophets that, that prophesied and saw the future like David and, and Daniel and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and those guys. Okay, now, this mystery was hid. Now, why? Why? The scriptures tell us in the New Testament that if the devil and his cohorts, if all the gods that were in rebellion against Jehovah, if they knew how this redemption was coming about, they never would have killed the Son of God. But because it was a mystery, Jesus kept poking them in the eye. <laughs> he was prodding them. Come on, boys, get me to the cross. I'm not killing myself. You got to kill me. <laughs> you got to do it. Well, actually, he didn't. They didn't kill him. He gave himself as a sacrifice, didn't he? Okay, let's make that clear. Jesus gave himself. All right, now listen to this. He kept it a secret until this generation. God is revealing it only now to his sacred apostles and, and prophets by the Holy Spirit. Here's the secret, the Passion Bible says. The gospel of grace has made you non-Jew believers, as most of you I'm talking to, non-Jewish. We didn't have a covenant. We were on the outside with all those other rebellious nations. We did not have holy ground. We did not live in the holy city. We had no covenant with God. We were out. Now, it's hard for us to grasp that because we've been so far, we're so far this side of the cross and we know, you know, we know the gospel, but to, to, to imagine being on the outside looking into this, that's why um, the Israel has proselytes. They would bring someone in and, the, and, and an outsider could script you know legally <laughs> by god's god's grace they could come in and they could enjoy the blessings of being in israel the covenant land okay that's another subject <clears throat> here's the secret the gospel of grace has been made to you non-jewish believers into co-heirs of his promise through your union with him and you have now become members of his body with that, the anointed one. Wow. All right. Skip down then to uh, the ninth verse. My passion is to enlighten every person, enlighten every person to this divine mystery. 
It was hidden for ages past until now and kept a secret in the heart of God, the creator of all. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne. Now, now, a throne, a throne and a rank of angelic order in the heavenly realms. He's talking about those rebellious sons of God that were in charge over the nations. He gave the other nations in in the book of, De- of Deuteronomy, when we're talking about uh, a Babel, Tower of Babel, he gave all those other nations to the to the rebellious gods. Well, to the gods, to the sons, sons of God, but they were they they were God's created sons. Okay, <laughs> a little off track there, but stay with me. The purpose of this, so so it was unveiled before every throne, rank, and angelic order in the heavenly realm. God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church, that's you and I, not just the building, (laughs) we are the church. This perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ, so that now we have boldness through him. Wow. Now, just reference over to... uh, 1 Peter 1.12, that the angels look into this mystery of grace. They're looking in. They're studying us. They are in university studying us, the professors, what is this grace all about? So, square your shoulders, put your teaching robe on, and show forth the grace of God. Let his let this revelation of God's divine grace that has been given to us. Now, remember the word grace means divine inalienment. Mercy means the, the debt was settled and forgiven and forgotten and wiped out. Paul said, calls it the handwriting of ordinance against us. In the law book, in the record book, in the courthouse, all the sins, all the brokenness, all the you know the evil wiped out. Amen. That's mercy. Grace is the enabling power of God to do what God's called you to do. That's what the angels are studying even today. When you feel them hanging around, when you know they're in the room, when they come in, every time we worship, every time we come together as the saints of God, the angels gather to see what's what's going to happen today. What is the Father going to reveal to this crowd or gathering of people called imagers, the image of God on earth? That's you and I. Isn't that amazing? Okay. Ephesians is a great book. Let's stay in it this week. We'll talk about it again tomorrow. Until then, I'm George Watkins. Don't forget to subscribe if you're still here with us on this day. Don't forget to subscribe and or like us on Facebook. We're on Rumble. We have a podcast on Podbeam. Podbean, pardon me, our international podcast, which is touching a number of nations. Oh, we don't have huge crowds, but I've always believed I was called to the widow and to the woman at the well. That's my calling. Amen. The old prophet in the Old Testament went to the widow 
one, and George Watkins has been called <laughs> to do the same, I guess. All right. Well, I love you all. Thanks for your gifts of prayer. Thank you for your gifts of finances. Thanks for your um, unending love that you send back my way. Share this with someone. And thank you for your comments. Until tomorrow morning, may the Lord bless you. And you've got some angels watching you and looking over your shoulder to see what God's doing. God bless.